Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy right. making our free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hi, my name's Mara. This week's radioactive show was recorded on Gadigal and Ghana land and produced on Barma land for 3CR Melbourne. On this week's show, we take a look at the Yes to Life, No to Mining movement and hear from one of their regional coordinators, Natalie Lowry. Those communities who wish to say no to mining should be able to. The Yes to Life, No to Mining movement is of and for them in recognition that when we say no to mining, we stand in solidarity with the planet with precious ecosystems and with the future generations of all species. Yes to Life, No to Mining stands in solidarity with communities who choose to resist mining, supports Indigenous and local communities, supports initiatives such as agroecology that protect and enhance living systems as alternatives to mining. It encourages initiatives attempting to move industrial society away from consumption and does so much more. Let's hear from Natalie Lowry now. Hi, Nat. Thanks for joining us on the Radioactive Show. Hey, Mara. Good to join you. Uh, tell us about Yes to Life, No to Mining. What is it? Uh, so Yes to Life, No to Mining, is, um, it's a global movement. Uh, it's got close to 70 member organisations and that, that's growing all the time. Um, and that's made up of individuals and local community groups, NGOs, coalitions and alliances both Indigenous-led and local community-led, um, right across uh, all continents, actually, um, on, across the globe. And Yes to Life, um, I guess, in short, we stand for life on our planet because, as we all know, it's been increasingly threatened. And we also stand in solidarity with communities and all living beings um, who are sharing the earth and also for future generations. And one of our key areas is... Um, is working with and encouraging communities who are saying no to extractivism, particularly mining, to connect across the planet and to collaborate and build um, their resistance movements, their alternatives to development through mutual solidarity and supporting one another and standing together. Sounds amazing. What's your role in the organisation? So... uh, the organisation, uh, well, I'd say it's a movement more than anything else um, because we're not really set up in, in, in the sense of like an official NGO. Um, and we're sort of organised, or the daily running of uh, Yes to Life, No to Mining um, is overseen by nine volunteer regional coordinators. So I'm one of those. I'm sort of more broadly the Pacific, although um, as, a, as a, a white woman living in Australia, I feel a little uncomfortable with that. Um, so the idea for me is to be able to build it in the Pacific where we would actually have um, really strong Pacific representation within those coordinators. Um, and basically as coordinators, and we're all volunteers, we're actively involved in supporting frontline communities and resisting extractive projects on their lands. And... Um, sustaining or pursuing life-sustaining alternatives to extractive developments. Um, so in a sense, we're like the bridges making Yes to Life, No to Mind mean sort of connections at the local, regional and international levels. And this would cover any kind of mining, like coal, uranium, iron, 
all of it? Yeah, so it's broadly extractivism. Our focus is on mining as in all forms of mining. So a lot of the members in the community we work with cross over from uranium to coal um, to gold, you know, like every mineral you can think of. We're there to support anyone who is um, either opposed to a mining development on their lands or trying to stop one from actually going ahead. But we also support... um, you know, broader, the broader concept of extractivism, which is not just mining. It's also forms of, you know, um, large-scale agriculture and forestry and oil palm, even hydro dams. So a lot of these communities are not just fighting one type of development. Mm. Um, and, and so more broadly, we do stand with communities across all forms of extractivism. Um, but mining is probably one of the key areas that we... Uh, currently work on. So, for example, one of our member groups is in the Philippines. It's the Coalition Against Land Grabbing. And they are a a big coalition of indigenous um, communities in Palawan in the Philippines defending um, against all forms of land grabbing. So that's not just mining. There they have a lot of oil palm, for example. So it's a way to connect. I guess the, the global movement is a way to connect across borders um, and connecting and solidarity, sharing stories, and not just the stories of resistance, but also the stories, the positive stories of communities that are, have said no and are you know, building their own forms of development or alternatives to the extractive developments and the extractive ideology that's sort of dominating the planet right now. Well, and that would be providing all those positive stories of, of success would be giving hope to the other organisations that have got a new threat to their communities, I imagine. Yeah, so so we kind of, in the last year, we've had sort of three distinct areas that we've been working on as the regional coordinators and facilitating. And one of them is community-to-community exchanges within country. So a really good example of that is one of the community exchanges that happened was in Colombia. Um, so... In uh, last year, in March 2017, citizens from a sort of mountainous area, uh, Cajamarca in Colombia, voted under what they have as a popular consultation. 98% of them voted to ban um, the South African miner Anglo Gold Ashanti from building what would have been the largest gold mine in Latin America. Um, and so they basically stopped that mine. And they're like, we don't need this because we have our own agricultural economies here. Um, and they've connected with, like, you know, sort of food industry in Bogota and places like that. So they're building these relationships to go, we can build our own economy. We don't need this mine. But what the community community exchanged with the funds that we were able to provide to them was to go to other communities within Colombia who are also fighting mining or potential mining projects to talk about their strategies, um, about how they managed to come together and have such a high percentage of people vote. But also, more broadly, um, the government obviously is responding to the fact that they succeeded. Now, the popular consultations are enshrined in the Constitution, and that actually means that local communities can have their own vote against a project, which is pretty powerful stuff. So that community-to-community exchange was to be able to share their strategies, their tactics, how they succeeded, but also how do we stop the government from trying to overturn this so we can keep, um, you know, keep being able to win where we want to stop these sort of developments on our lands. So that's sort of one of the key pieces of work and, and there was community exchanges um, 
in uh, Myanmar, uh, recently in Papua New Guinea, and also uh, in, I think in Nigeria, there was also another community exchange. So we want to continue being able to support and facilitate those. And I, I guess as we sort of grow, hopefully those exchanges can go beyond just within country, but across um, regions as well. Sounds amazing. Um, how did the organisation start or the movement start? Can you tell us a little bit about the history of it? Sure. So, yes, the last night of mining, um, it's formed, it formed in about 2012 and it was in a group of individuals, organisation networks actually meeting in Nigeria, in Africa. Um, and they were all concerned, you know, obviously with this experiential growth of extractivism, particularly in the last decade, and were really moved to take action. Um, and actually, one of the key people involved was um, Nemo Bassi, who used to be the chair of Friends of the Earth International. He actually coined the term Yes to Life, No to Mining, so I kind of want to honour him for that. Um, and so from there, this sort of network formed. So since 2012, it's a slow process. It's all been voluntary. We've really only in the last year been able to find some funds to be able to, for example, do the community-to-community exchange, um, but also have a community materials. So we launched um, a Water is Life toolkit, so website and also posters in French, Spanish and English, and we're going to continue to keep getting them translated into different languages. Um, and that's a talk at water is life. So it's pretty explanatory in terms of this is why, this is the water cycle, this is what mining does, this is why we need to protect water. Um, and so that's sort of the, another area of work that we want to continue to do. So we've done, a, we did surveys with our membership and they, they then use those surveys within the communities they work with to find out what it is that people need, would want from this to life snow to mining and one of those things was community materials. And the, the third sort of area we're working in is is looking at this idea of post-extractivism, which is, you know, a word and what does it mean? Um, that it's basically like thinking, could we live without mining or what would a future look like without mining dependency or the type of mining dependency that we now currently live in? So at the beginning of this year, we launched a series of webinars um, to discuss this. And on each webinar, there's three or four presenters talking from different contexts, so from Indigenous context, from a Western context, from scientific context, um, and really discussing what is this term post-extractivism and what are ways forward. So those webinar series have been in Europe, North America, Latin America, uh, last week in Southeast Asia, and we'll be having one in Australia on the 19th of June. Um, it will be just a, a Zoom sort of webinar um, and we'll be having three or four speakers at that as well, including um, some community from Tennant Creek, which is oh. really exciting because they've obviously fought against waste dumps. They've also um, got legacy of gold mining and, you know, they know that, that the whole extractive industry can come back in. So they're going to be discussing the sort of economies that they're looking at and their kind of cultural context. So yes to life, no to mining. One of our main objectives is not to just tell the resistance stories or the stories of us wanting to stop or communities stopping developments, but also the stories of the alternatives that are already happening. These are the positive stories and not the stories that are often told. It's the other world is possible, the other world is happening. 
Um, so that's another kind of area of work. So I guess in a sense, yes to life, no to mining through our website is a, is a communications tool, an external communications tool to be able to tell these stories outwards across communities, um, you know, be able to get them into media. Um, so that's the sort of work that we want to continue to develop um, as regional coordinators within our regions, but also working across our regions and internationally. Amazing. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're speaking with Natalie Lowry, one of the regional coordinators of the Yes to Life, No to Mining movement. That website of Yes to Life, No to Mining is incredible. There's 69 campaigns listed there. You've mentioned a couple. Um, Are there any other standout sort of campaigns that Yes to Life, No to Mining is involved with that you'd like to tell us about? Sure. Well, one of our regional coordinators is Sami, he's Indigenous um, to the north of Finland. Um, Tero is part of the Snow Change Cooperative. It's a very unique organisation in Finland who are devoted to the advancements of traditions and culture. Um, so it's a network of local and Indigenous cultures, um, not just there, but also connected across the world. So they're also connected with Indigenous communities here in New Zealand, um, through North America and another really key part that I think is really amazing about the Snow Change Cooperative, they're also a powerful scientific organisation. So they work with the Arctic Council Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, Indigenous Peoples Climate Change Assessment. Um, so it, it, like it's a major force around international climate indigenous, indigenous policy and research. And that, I think, is really fundamental for us in our fight with against, you know, what's happening climatically and the climate crisis we're in, is that this Indigenous knowledge that's been held for so long is so important. So Tero himself, who's one of our coordinators, is um, quite prolific and is very well recognised, not just in the grassroots of his community, but in these high-level areas, um, you know, these sort of policy kind of scientific areas as well which I think is really, really important. So Snow Change is a really unique organisation and you know, many of us in Australia don't really necessarily think about the, the, you know, the, the very cold areas of Finland, um, but they are they're so frontline to climate change and they know that once the snows melt, like what comes in? Extractive industry. So they're very aware of um, that and uh, they are really just trying to adapt the best they can by using traditional knowledges to the really dramatic changes of temperature that they're dealing with um, all the time, every year. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a couple of others. Another one is the House of Mother Earth, which is in Nigeria. Um, that's actually headed by Nemo Bassi. Um, so they do a lot of work around environmental climate justice and also food sovereignty. Um, and they, once again, also prioritising the community voices, opposing oppression and pollution of their environment. Um, but there's many of them, like uh, all the organisations there are, are, are doing amazing things. And there's actually, there are some here in Australia that are also part of the, the Yes to Life No to Mining Network, including the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance that was the first Australian member to come on board. We've also got AidWatch, um, Melbourne, Rainforest Action Group, and interesting just to show how wonderful that connection is because they're quite one of our newer members. 
the Melbourne Rainforest Action Group, they're focusing solely on Ecuador and Australia mining interests in Ecuador. And because they've joined this Solice Nota Mining and there's Ecuadorian groups there, they're now connected with Indigenous Ashar Network, where the likes of Gina Reinhardt and Jessica the Forester, you know, our two, two big mining moguls, are actually moving there along with Newcrest into this region. So this sort of solidarity and connecting across our vast oceans is really important because the work that the Melbourne Rainforest Action Group can do here in terms of research, in terms of um, targeting the companies here or the specific mining magnates, um, really supports those communities on the ground who are really front line. So that's, I guess that's a really good example of how this network can work and keep evolving. Um, and my, I firmly believe it's really important. And it's amazing the um, giving positive stories of, of success and providing resources and tools. So it's not just saying no, it's providing an alternative way forward rather than being in the mm. way a lot of campaigns are and they're just saying no to this but not providing any um, any positive alternative or, or a pathway forward. So this, this is a big picture movement building, giving solidarity mm. and, and support in um, – a whole lot of different ways. It's fantastic. Yeah. And just one other area that I probably should mention is around human rights defenders. So because we have a strong network in the Philippines where a lot of people face death for standing against extractive developments. So Yes to Life Motor Mining prioritises their support around human rights defenders as well, along with the other big networks globally that are doing a lot of that work. So we are working, you know, with obviously our membership and the community on the ground, but we're also we're also representing um, within other spaces globally around human rights defenders, other international mining conferences, um, you know, discussions on the alternatives, um, the sort of moving beyond mineral dependency, um, and so that's that's kind of we, we see ourselves as a movement, not just as an organisation. Um, and and that the interconnectedness of so many of these issues. It's yeah, it's amazing and big picture and so positive. How does Yes to Life Nota Mining organise? Like how how do you work together with nine regional coordinators and sixty nine campaigns? Um, so we the coordinators meet monthly. Uh, we have a couple of working groups around those sort of key areas, the community exchanges, community materials, sort of post-extractivism. So some of us may lead on some of that. We have a, a kind of key coordinator, um, Hal Rhodes, who's based in London, who we call our glue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's he really does sort of keep us together. So he's the one who's really making sure we all meet. And we just meet via Zoom. We do it virtually. Not everyone can make a call all the time, but you know we make sure we um, share all the notes. And Hal does a really great job of those who maybe can't make a meeting by head one-on-ones. So he really is to have that kind of key coordinator who to the house under Gaia Foundation in um, the UK. So he's able within his work program to do a bit more of that work, while the rest of us are volunteers and often running other campaigns on the ground. So we're incredibly thankful to have Hal and his skill set. And um, he's he's young, he's only in his late 20s, so his energy is quite amazing and his his politics and perspective is very sharp. So that's that's one way. And, yeah, so we meet monthly and we we 
obviously report back to certain things happening in our region, support we need, issues we might have, but also kind of the broader moving forward, what is it we're working towards, the strategic direction, um, you know, for example, these keep continuing these webinars and once the post-extractive webinars are finished, we'll be analysing those webinars to be able to produce materials um, and, you know, see what the next steps are around that particular area of work of like moving beyond this mineral dependency or what are the alternatives to these extractive developments. And of course, there's a lot of other networks that are talking about this stuff. So it's also about us networking and tapping into them and collaborating. So um, it is about this sort of global space, but we get our direction still very much from the local from the local communities. That's fantastic. Where can people get more information? How can they stay informed? Well, we can go to the website, which is uh, mining or one word, .org. You can find Yes to Life No to Mining on Facebook. And we also have a Twitter handle, which is at underscore capital Y, capital L, capital N, capital N. Um, so we're on Facebook, Twitter and the website. Um, and if you want to support in any way, if you go to the website on the homepage, there's quite a few actions you can take. You can um, make a pledge. We have a pledge there, which is just to stand in solidarity with all these communities finding mining and other extractives. You can post a photo, a video, or another sort of message in solidarity. If you're a local community that is fighting something, you can contact us and share your stories of resistance and connect with other communities directly. You can become a member of Yes to Life, No to Mining. There's no fee or anything. It's pretty much just your principles are in line and you want to be part of this global network. Um, and we're also seeking translators. So, you know, that's something that we struggle with. We, we want it to be definitely always in French, Spanish and English, um, but we want to be able to go beyond that. So that's something we feel like we need to strengthen. Um, and we're very fortunate that we have French and Spanish speaking coordinators, um, but of course they're overloaded. So we're always seeking um, people to support in a volunteer way with translations. So many ways that people can get, infor- um, get involved. So that's that's brilliant. So hopefully listeners will get onto the Yes to Life, No to Mining website and click on the bits that suit them. It's brilliant. And it's so great to hear something positive happening in the face of the mining and extractivist industry um, because so much of what we hear about uh, – um, sad stories of, of of the mining companies hurting communities, and this is a positive story, a positive movement of communities organising to have good mm-hmm. alternatives for people and the planet. So it's great yeah. that you're putting all this effort <laughs> into it. Um, yeah, I'm very very proud to be part of the network, and it's really important that th- there's no doubt that there's there's many stories that. Uh, are not great Mm. and we know that we know the human rights issues we know the environmental issues Um, but at the same time it's really important to be able to provide the alternatives so we Mm. can actually move to there and let other communities know that really maybe feel really isolated or alone that they're not alone yeah and And giving people the opportunity yeah giving people the opportunity to tell their story and have it heard is is really important yeah, as absolutely. well. That's great. Thank you so much, Nat, for giving us your time today on the show. I know you have lots on your plate, so it's really good to get an update on Yes to Life, No to Mining. Thank you very much, Mara. Thanks so much. Thanks so much to Natalie Lowry from the Yes to Life, No to Mining movement. For more information, go to their website, 
www.yestolifenotamining.org. There are many ways that you can show your support. Individuals and organisations can get online and make a pledge to stand in solidarity with Yes to Life No to Mining. You can share your stories of resistance to mining extractivism. You can join an action or organise your own. You can take a photo of an action and upload it to the Yes to Life No to Mining website and share it with the many groups fighting mining all over the world. There are 69 campaigns listed on the website, so if you're scratching your head trying to think of new ways to show your resistance to mining, you can read about the inspiring campaigns that are listed there. They show many of the diverse ways that we can stand up and be counted in saying yes to life and no to mining. It's Radiothon time here at 3CR until the 16th of June, so don't forget to tune in next Saturday the 15th of June for our only live show of the year. Call us on 0394198377 or donate online to support community radio and keep the radioactive show on the air. We love to bring you stories of radioactive resistance, but we can't do it without your help. Thanks for listening to the radioactive show. You can download the podcast of this program at www.3cr.org.au slash radioactive. We'll post links relevant to today's show on our Facebook page and website. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced with the support of Friends of the Earth's Uranium Free Collective for 3CR Melbourne, which operates on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.